Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast number 64, like Nintendo 64. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm your third host, Corey. D is still out. He is hanging out with his girlfriend. School's out because, you know, he's a math teacher, so he just broke out, went on a vacation because he deserves one. Um He's probably... I know he watched a bunch of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, so he might be just sitting in a room trying to do the splits for a long period of time. What's your favorite Van Damme movie? Uh, is that even an answer? Bloodsport? Oh, come on. It's it's Time Cop, followed closely by Bloodsport. No. Bloodsport takes the cake, dude. Oh, you're right. What do they call that tournament? The, the Kumite? The Kumite? Kumite. The Kumite. What the hell is a dim muck? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think that I think that will be number one, especially when Bolo, what was it? Bolo kills that person yeah. and then stares he hulks at him, up, stares at, and him. the judges turn their back on him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, we're brought to you by EscrowMyBits.com. Uh, Father's Day is coming up, so send your dad some shit with EscrowMyBits. Because it's fast, it's super easy, and it only takes three steps, and your dad will be like, whoa, that was really simple. And you can just say, hey, dad, all I did was register and deposit bitcoins, and then some guy shipped the item, I checked the goods, and then I just released the funds. So I was able to give you a gift, and it was super easy. And then he's going to like be like, whoa, that's crazy. Did you use new bits? And he'll be like, how'd you know? That's the world's first stable digital currency. And they only charge a small flat escrow fee of 1% on all the transactions. And then you guys will bond over that. So Escrow My Bits was created to solve all the problems wrong with the type of escrow services currently around. They're number one. Their goal is to make using escrow as simple as possible. And we want there to no longer be any excuses on why not to use escrow. So use them. Start the process. Go to their website. Sign up for their newsletter. And stay up to date. That's escrowmybits.com. They're awesome. Your dad's gonna be uh, so happy. So like scammed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I knew I raised you right, son. What do you use that escrow service and not get scammed? I love you, son. Uh, it works. I'm telling you, that's exactly how it's gonna play out. And you have us to thank. <clears throat> yeah. So. I mean, have you, go ahead. Do you ever do you ever listen to like Joe Rogan and you're, and he talks about like caveman coffee? And you're like, oh shit, I gotta try that coffee because they're fucking going crazy about it i've been i've been wanting to try caveman coffee for a long time but that's not very me too get in brazil and i only want it because he drinks it yeah me too advertisement you know he used to do the bulletproof coffee which i went on a big old kick on you know living bulletproof and all that nonsense and it there's you know butter coffee's fucking delicious and there's a good aspect to a lot of the stuff he talks about but once you realize that some of that stuff's a little weird. You move to uh, Caveman Coffee, and I've been wanting to try that for a long time, considering I drink copious amounts of coffee a day, more than anyone yeah, ever me should. Too. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, I don't. When he talks about like nootropics and all that, I, I lose him. But I'm down with the coffee. I like the coffee. Yeah. So this episode, the roundtable is also going to be a little bit lacking because uh, this this week we had on um, a cryptocurrency trader that we follow. Um, and pay attention to talk to really like him what he does he makes good, really good introductory trading videos that explains a lot of the fundamental metrics for trading uh, between you know and then applies them to the Bitcoin and Ethereum um, trading pairs so you can talk about you can kind of see what's going on and what these things mean and when they might be relevant so on and so forth but regardless of all that we find him useful wanted to talk to him so what do we do got him on the show because why not talk to people you want to talk to when you have a Bitcoin podcast? Um, he goes by the uh, moniker iBankBitcoins on um, Twitter. And if you read it, read it as well, you can watch all of his videos if you YouTube them. Uh, I really enjoyed this interview. We also brought on um, uh, our old guest, Mark, which is a good longtime friend of ours um, who. We've, me and D and Mark have formed this little trading group in which we play around with money and try and make money off the, you know, different cryptocurrencies, so on and so forth. Because why not? It's like smart gambling. And I don't do any of that, so they totally didn't even invite me. I'm no. not. They phased me out pretty hard. So no, phased out. <laughs> I'm not there at all. So this will be the this will be the last you hear of me. Uh, this midweek episode and Corey takes it from here yep I'm gonna so so I mean, the rest of it is we're just trying to move into the uh, the interview it's a pretty long interview the guy was really cool uh, we actually got to talk to him he's just a he didn't have a lot of the pomp and circumstance you would expect from you know a, a businessy business businessman type of guy which uh, we really enjoyed he ended up just having you know hanging out getting comfortable, having a great conversation, and then talking about, you know, where he came from, why he does the things he does, certain market analyses, so on and so forth. So sit back and enjoy. Uh, here it is. So. Excellent, excellent. Without further or for do, further or for do, that's not a thing. But without further ado, here let, let's give it a shot. Let's get straight into it. So. All right. Uh, when Mr. I Bank Bitcoins, uh, where are you from, and and how did your background lead you to trading cryptocurrency? Where are you from? What do uh, you do? I, I am from California, um, Silicon Valley area. I, I'm actually uh, uh, an engineer from a double E engineer or electric electric electrical engineering. Um, and uh, how do I get into cryptocurrency? Um, so. Two years back, my friend and I had a venture and wanted to invest into Bitcoin mining. Um, and KNC was the uh, the flagship of, of miners, and they just went bankrupt like what, like a week ago. Yeah. But at the time, <laughs> they were they were the most promising prospect for miners. So we we literally wired a couple of money to Switzerland and uh, try to order these these miners, but they were delayed. And delayed again once a couple of times. I think it delayed for like at least a month or two. So we're like, okay, well, that's too bad. So we're just gonna get a refund. And we, um, they were short on uh, short on cash at the point. So we decided to get a refund in Bitcoin instead. So during this whole process, which is negotiating for Bitcoin, 
refund, um, Bitcoin appreciated from $400 to $600. So this is 2014, so Bitcoin was actually more expensive than what it is now. And <laughs> so instantly we just made money out of thin air, and, <laughs> which, is, which is pretty magical. Um, but uh, before that, I, I, I traded stocks and futures, stocks and index futures for about six years before I got into Bitcoin. So I was like, okay, well, I have this, all this Bitcoin, I might as well just take advantage of it and try to trade it, I guess. It, it makes sense to, to do that. Um, a pretty natural so, progression then huh? yeah yeah and then um i'm always a fan I'm, I'm i'm as a trader i'm always like a fan of kind of educating and kind of a having a blog or journal of some sort for anything i do i used to play video games have a video game blog you know so um so i just decided to open up a a blog journal of some sort to keep track of my trades and and we've gotten pretty far from where i started really Oh, that's part of it. Right, here's it. Here's it. I guess an interesting segue into that is is you used to trade, I guess, traditional um, assets, and yeah. when you move into cryptocurrency, you don't have a end of day. It's twenty four hours all day, mm -hmm. every day. How do you deal with that? Um, most of the time, the market has a tendency, not guaranteed, a tendency to move during a more of a regular hour. It doesn't really move. So the mo the major movers are Chinese and the United States. The European hardly moves Bitcoin, at least from my understanding. So uh, I usually my sleeping hours are when the Europeans are awake. <laughs> so around I don't know, like uh, twelve to six p.m. Uh, I'm sorry, twelve to six a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, so that's that's how I deal with it. Uh, there's no way I have alarm set up. That's the best way, or set up a stop for a trade. You know, that's the only way to mitigate risk. If if a market moves against you, a gap down, some terrible news happen overnight. Hmm. Uh, that's that's part of the game. You know, it's just like I just like if you were to trade commodities in futures market, crude oil trades twenty four seven too. So, um, some some guy in some some plant in Saudi Arabia decides to blow up and oil jumps five dollars. It's like God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so look, i'll give you a funny interesting story right so i was trading stocks and then i did a, a lot of research on a specific stock and i, and I was very proud of it you know like the, the the fundamental of the stock was perfect and the and at the time uh the stock name is canon the, the digital camera company if you ever heard of it. Mm -hmm. and yep. um like in the middle of the night um there's a tsunami that destroyed the canon plant so the next day, uh, Canon gapped down 20%. And um, that is the, my most unfortunate trade of, of all times, really. It's like, like I did so much work and it came out to be, came out to be a disaster. So, I mean, there's no real, really a good, if you're in a position and if it goes against you overnight, there's no really a good way, right? Just yeah. like if you were to trade a regular stock, if it's closed and they have an earning come after close, the next day I'll just gap up or gap down. It'll just be all over the place. So that's that's really part of the risk you have to take um, for the most part. So so if things don't get crazy and they don't get wild, is there like a pattern or, or, or indicators that you see happen the most that reoccur the most in the crypto markets? Um. Uh, not a particular pattern, I would say. It, when, when things are just, for like, for example, like if you were to look at my performance, it's been not very good for the last um, three months because market has been so, so choppy. 
So um, it, de- it depends on the market situation. Usually it's consolidating of some sort. I think the market usually consolidates about 70% of the time and only, <clears throat> only trends or going one direction about 30 to 20% of the time. Um, so most of the time, if you are a algorithmic trading bot that just kind of takes the bid and the, and the ask, it's, it's, it's pretty optimal in terms of making money, at least a little bit of money at a time. Very interesting. Because Have you thought I, about building a bot for yourself? I mean, it seems like it's with, with the way APIs are set up for all the exchanges, you can get all the information really quickly and put it all into one place. Have you thought about creating something that just, just you just push a button and it does the trading for you? Well, I think there's like I do for my I do publish my longer term trade on the on the blog for the short term I do scalp for example I've been scalping I've been posting some of my scalp trade which is scalp stands for like very short term like a minute to I don't know 20 minutes or something to the scalp right um scalp trades during I only I can only do this during a very volatile market because that's when the spread is big movement is huge so a short term a short term can a short move short term a uh, short time frame move can actually mean something, right? So in terms of building a bot, you still need um, the idea of building that bot is very important, right? Like how do you even just because you're trading on a shorter time frame, how do you actually generate revenue? How do you actually make a profit? That's one thing. Um, I I do do a lot of scalping and it's more algorithmic, like kind of they call it black box. It's essentially it's it's called a market making bot it's kind of like you buy the bid and you try to sell it at the ask kind of make the spread right okay when the Mm. when the volatility is really great then that spread increases Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you have if you're a market making bot you don't really make much if the market just kind of choppy and don't have much volume but the moment when people are very enthusiastic about buying and selling then you have a big spread and you can make a good decent amount of money. So we actually we actually um, <laughs> interviewed uh, BTC Vix from the Whale Club a while back. Okay. Um, and he talked about one of the like it's the, one of the main trends that he he seems to notice about most cryptos is that they overcorrect themselves more often than not. Do you do you feel that's that's true? Well, I think the that that is. Um, Yes, that is to to summarize. Yes, that would like lead to a larger spread, wouldn't it? Yes, especially during uh, like it, market in general, not just Bitcoin in general, tends to be the most volatile during a top and a bottom. It's not so if if you see a consolidation at the top, most likely it's not the top, because market people are the people who are want to take profit are willing to sell at the moment it it, it takes a takes a dip. And the people who want to buy are willing to buy at any price. Um, what the, for example, during this recent run-up. So during a top and a bottom, it's really volatile. So um, and when, when, when the moment it's volatile, people tend to overshoot and undershoot. Um, that that that's just the tendency of the market. It does tend to do that way more in Bitcoin, which is a plus and a minus. So if you are on the wrong side of trade and you don't cut your losses. That's that's a huge disaster because they'll always try to undershoot or overshoot your stop loss, and you'll be either mar- you see these margin calls on OKCoin OK or margin calls on uh, Ethereum um, uh, exchanges all the time, and and people people don't get out because well there's some liquidity issues, but for the most part, 
the the volatility and the overshoot and undershoot is very 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 big compared to more traditional uh, more traditional assets. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my take on it. It's true. It's mostly true. Yes, especially on the futures market, man. If you look at the futures market, it is even worse. Even worse for the quarter quarterly features, because not only do you have the price of going down, someone market order, a big market order coming down. It's also that the premium of the quarterly futures collapses when it starts selling it down. So you got two different, uh, two different price actions or two different type of movement that goes against you when you're wrong. So. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, it, always, it always hurts to be wrong so <clears throat> yeah so, I guess speaking of of futures um, we tend to I guess talk in the, over the past couple or maybe month or two we've discussed the future of cryptos and how there seems to be a growing environment it's no longer just Bitcoin we're seeing Ethereum really really start to come up and pull its own weight and do you see the future of cryptocurrency as being one like well, I guess, in terms of the the typical phrase, one blockchain to rule them all, or do you see a healthy environment of many cryptos that kind of interact amongst themselves? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. So if I if I, if you ask me this question when I first started the blog, then I would say yes, Bitcoin is the one chain to rule them all because the alternative is Litecoin, and that's pretty pretty not and pretty. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm in that pool now too. I thought it was right, going to so, be something. But... No, we all right, like so like what I, so, I mean, like my name, my 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 blog names. I bank Bitcoin. It's not I bank coin. Actually, that one's taken. Um, so at, at the time, <laughs> at the time, it was it was take it was uh it was Bitcoin. But nowadays, if you look at what other people are doing compared to Bitcoin, you gotta you gotta say they do have. Some, yes, Bitcoin has the first movers advantage or first to market, right? But these new coins coming out are pretty impressive, at least techno- te- technologically, right? Now, I'm not saying it's kind of a comparison of Blu-ray versus what is it, H- HDVD. HDVD is better, but they still lost. So Bitcoin, so some of these altcoins like Ethereum must have a much bigger advantage compared to Bitcoin or different functionality to be able to compete. And it seems like they're doing a pretty good job at least uh, a lot of if you look at the whole altcoin market the whole cryptocurrency market cap as a whole like the top 10 for example uh, it's actually growing as a whole so i think that's 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 really good that's showing that's saying something that's saying that people are willing to diversify their money into other coins other than bitcoin mm-hmm. although i do believe that despite all of this excuse me despite all of these uh blockchain issues the uh the memory pool uh, the high transaction fees. Bitcoin is the least volatile, at least, of all the coins, and people prefer to store their money in Bitcoin as a kind of a hedge or store of value because there's a lot of money, right? You can't if everybody went from Bitcoin into Ethereum, then Ethereum would just go crazy, and it's yeah. it's not practical. Yeah. You can't just like, yeah. That's that's pretty much what it is. I feel, I feel like Bitcoin is more store of value and it has some appreciation, right, for recent moves. But uh, Ethereum, some of the more more uh, a lot of use cases uh, that's coming up for Ethereum is very very interesting. So, so are you strictly a trader, or do you have anything else? You know, outside of money invested in crypto, do you work on? Do you have a project 
within crypto? Do you are you outspoken? Do you try to help educate educate people about crypto and what it is, or are you just like, hey, this is an asset or a commodity that I can trade mm-hmm. and make moolah? <laughs> That's a good word. Um, uh, so I actually I actually have a full time job at Intel. Uh, I've oh. worked there for three oh. years. Uh, that's why I'm in the Silicon Valley area. <laughs> oh, okay. so, uh, I'm a, I'm an IC design engineer, so I'm technically the guy uh, who lays down transistors on a chip. Um, so I'm, my company is called Altera that got bought up by Intel actually. Oh, okay. Altera is the if you heard of it back then, Bitcoin was uh, using FPGA to mine bitcoins, and they're using Altera chip. Ooh. So I think it's called that. I, I, I forgot what the actual guy's name is. But, so that's what we do. Um, it's quite different from trading per se. But so when I did my master's uh, in electrical engineering, I did uh, my, my thesis was on simulation of novel startup circuits, which helped me kind of pave the ground for like statistical analysis and, and trading because doing a lot of simulations, regardless of whether it's circuits or stocks is in some ways similar yeah. there's some overlaps so the theory of counting will always be the same yeah it's like math math is math so, <laughs> so, so based on i guess based on that uh, what, what is your we, we interviewed um who was that guy ah, Barack shit, obama never mind um doesn't matter fellow trader uh no I can't believe I forgot his name. I'm What's not, he look I'm, like? What does he do? What does he tell you? You got him. You got him. It was a big, it was a big guy. Big guy. A uh, huge guy. Like, you mean physically a big man? No, you were really happy about getting him, and he was a doomsday kind of guy. Oh, James D'Angelo. Yeah, D'Angelo. God, how did I forget that name? Anyway, we interviewed James D'Angelo, and he was just – almost obsessed with this idea of the centralization of mining based on the fact that they are right next to the manufacturing plant of creating the new ASICs for Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. How do you, do you have, I guess, with your experience and what you do, mm-hmm. and you're still relatively tied close into the pulse of Bitcoin, how do you feel about the centralization of mining in the future? Well, so I think since KNC and a couple more miners, if, Learning the having of the next, I don't know, week. Well, how many? How many weeks? Like four weeks. Yeah, about four uh, weeks. Yeah. KNC going down is is not good news, right? It's it's that means most of the money is going to happen in China. So if one day China decides to do some kind of government policy that kind of shuts it down, uh, most of the hashing power is going to go to zero. That's not good. So that's at least I want to be. I don't I don't care about centralized. If this mining pool, right? I don't I don't really mind that because eventually you're kind of because there's a lot of interest and money at stake so people want to have economic of scale so centralization makes sense but I, I prefer to have a geographical diversity not just in china like can, isn't there like other places that have electricity that's cheap <laughs> I, I don't know what's uh, maybe china's really cheap I don't, I don't even know china's really cheap but there are definitely other places but it depends on the it, it's it's based on i guess the the stable infrastructure of china along that's with true. the cheapness of it Probably um, cheaper a lot of labor that to have maintain. cheap electricity have shitty electricity, and yeah, places they, they that burn coal heated sure. are really cold have expensive electricity. So there's this kind of offshoot and and back and forth where China has this weird optimization of right. having all the right positions, but a government that may end up taking over 
or yeah, know, like shut it, you down. It, it, I don't know. I mean, like the, the Chinese government could do whatever it wants. It's hard to say. So I, I prefer that the centralization is not just in China, but at least spread out a little bit. Um, but I guess I don't know. That that's it's like gas stations they just tend to clump up together. It's like uh, yeah, it makes I sense to do that because it's the cheapest way to do that. I think so. just there has to be more of an interest uh, from people to to want to mine, and they don't mm-hmm. know enough about it. And China's got such a head start on everyone. That's so, right. That's right. Like, but, I, so I, I, I have a uh, maybe, maybe I could give you some input on like why it's so centralized. Like, so I have I, I've been mining Ethereum with my graphic card for a little bit because I, when I started trading, I was like, oh, might as well just mine this stuff for a little bit check it out check it out so setting up one computer is actually pretty straightforward you know you just buy the computer get a bunch of graphic cards put it together but the moment you get more and more like five computers that's when they start getting challenging because your miners might freeze uh your windows 10 updates or some stupid some stuff and you have to do you have to scale and scaling in my room becomes a big giant space heater so um so uh, there's some more technical challenges in, in, in large-scale mining that, that's not presented in, in small scale. So I think that eventually, that's, that's, just, yeah. That's definitely true. I do, like the majority of the research I do is, is um, high-performance computing. And the problem that quickly becomes mm-hmm. apparent is how do you fit all these things into one spot and then how do you cool them? And how do you and, cool them is a huge and problem. And how do you maintain the software of them? At the same yeah. time, and so administration becomes a full-time job of supercomputers, which which are what these mining operations are. Yeah, pretty, a lot yeah. of people don't really realize that because we had a we had me and D at a small mining operation when um, Litecoining was was profitable with with a GPU. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a while ago, no? Yeah, it was, that was about three ago. years ago. <laughs> that's that's, a, ago. that's about the time when I started buying. Uh, that's that's about the time when. When Bitcoin was phasing out of GPU and going to ASICs. Yeah, so we yep, everybody right. switched to Litecoin and then That's just right. transferred over. Right. And it was a pain in the ass. I made a bunch of guides on how to make like frames to build your 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 rigs and all these types of things. And it ended up just being like oh, six months later, all my shit's broken. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make any guides, but my rig was the shit and it was good. I had an exhaust yeah, system going out through the roof. You have an exhaust system? That's I did. Cool, it was intense. Cool. Yeah, uh, man. Like, the cooling becomes a big problem, dude. I had I had two computers in my room, and it felt like like it was summer during the night. It's, it was a disaster. So I had to move it somewhere else. It's pretty funny. So <clears throat> I guess to, to swing things back to trading, mm-hmm. um, do you think you're a good trader? And if you do, we all do here, which is why we wanted to get you on the show. Um, but if you do yourself, how long were you trading before you realized you were good at it? Like what day was it like, oh, I'm pretty good at this stuff. So I, it's, it's not a straightforward answer to, it's not a very straightforward answer. Usually I feel like I'm a good trader when I start making money, even if it's paper profit. Now that's how I feel. Um, but realistically, when you like say you're not trading, you don't, you're not in a position or I'm not in a position, um, then uh, I really sit down and think about like whether I actually accomplished some of these things. It's one of those things, I, I guess, trading to, to even decide whether you're a good trader, at least for me, like uh, it can't be one or two trades. It has to be 
a number of trades because there's a this statistical variance in terms of probability, right? You get lucky if you have only a small sample data. Sample of data. So yeah. I, I, uh, so it took me maybe like about a year, and I made about a little more than a hundred percent unleveraged gain in in my in my trading in Bitcoin trading before I, I really decided that hey, this is something I really want to get into. This is something that that I'm really interested in. You know, trading and Bitcoin is also a very interesting subject in general, uh, for me at least. <clears throat> so, um, so that's that. Uh, I, it's very, it's not, a, it's not. It, it didn't just like one day. Yeah, I'm a great trader. You know, <laughs> what, what, what a great, what a great day to be, uh, to to be trading. You know, the, it it didn't come to be like that. It's it's it, you know some things like say you, you say you do a PhD, you finish your thesis, it, it's a milestone. You hit it. You know, like you, you did it. I'm done, it's, bitch. You're done. You're done. You're, you're like it's, it's, it's a very clear cut, like a very clear cut goal. You know, very clear cut, like line between PhD, no PhD. You know, yeah. a good trader is a, a good trader. Sometimes it takes a long time to realize, and and you know, I've actually lost a lot of money. Trading is not always very straightforward. In fact, it actually sometimes your 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 performance goes backward, and 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 then everything goes to goes to crap. Uh, so I've actually lost a lot of money when I was uh, much younger, when I was in my college, college days and when I first started working. So, mm. so it, takes, it takes a long time to come to the realization that you actually love trading. And then it comes to a lot of, takes a lot of time to realize that, hey, I'm actually pretty good at it after a long time. It's pretty so, much the exact opposite of my strategy. Like I make uh, like 1% of a Bitcoin profit and I'm like, yes, I'm the best trader <laughs> around. Um, pretty much <laughs> you, know, you talk about it right like when i first started i was like yeah this is the best day you know like look at my paper profit right here this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> and just ignore the bad trades like the, well when the bad trade you just like like i i think um when it comes to bad trades back then uh i i always try to just ignore it or bag hold it or not cut my losses uh gotta have a short yeah. memory yeah I mean that's that's pretty true. Like, you could kind of tell. Like um, I go on both the Ethereum traders forum and uh, and the uh, Bitcoin market. Uh, I'm not sure if you follow those. Mm. Uh, for the Ethereum traders, you can definitely tell. I'm not saying they're 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 just newer traders. You can see by the way they respond to things. Like check out my paper profit. Oh my god! Like it's it's this it rally five percent. It's great. Or I think people on Bitcoin market is a little more developed. They've seen the good and the bad when market crashed to $170 from say $500. They've seen the, the seen the disastrous moment. And they don't get too excited whether it's a crash or crash or uh, crash or, or what is it called uh, a fear of pop. missing out moment. Yeah, pop. That's right. So speaking of like newer traders, do you mm -hmm. have any um any tips or anything that you could give? Uh, traders that, that the skill sets that you've developed on what you use and what you like to kind of look at and, and improve on yeah um yeah sure yeah like so i, I wrote a couple of guide but um I, I think i mean for newer traders they tend to focus there's they tend to focus a lot and i would say like 80 percent. this is this is a number i have no backing of statistically but i would say like roughly my guess would be 80 percent of the time they focus on the entry point a lot when did they buy every analysis I see on on like on charts you know trading view if you ever go on that uh, mm -hmm. it, it's focused on entry 
like entry is so important. Now I'm not saying entry isn't important, but I would, I would say it's about 50% of trading. The other 50% is when to get out. Now when to get out is actually in many ways more requires more discipline and more difficulty master because a profitable trade could turn into a loss if you have you get out incorrectly right Correct. now if you yeah. if you had a bad entry right you got a bad entry and, you, and and then the and then the price goes against you you could be a bag holder if you don't get out right uh, there's a lot of difficulty and challenges in when to take profit and when to get out when is the trend when are you wrong that's the question right Right. When to get out is when are you wrong? Now that's a very hard question to answer. Like, if the price dips, are you wrong? Maybe you're not even wrong, but your paper your paper profit is gone. Maybe I'll recover back. You don't know. So when to get out is very important. You got new trader. You really need to think about that. And also asset management. I did write a piece uh, a few days ago. Basically, if if you risk too much, if you leverage too much, and you take a big loss, it's almost impossible to recover from. Right. If if I take if I if I take a twenty percent loss of a hundred at a hundred dollars, I'm at eighty percent. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, if I want to recover back to a hundred dollars, I need twenty five percent. Yeah. It's not twenty percent. So the lar- if you start leveraging, like I don't know, five to one or Bitfinex offers, I think three to one, uh, you can quickly erase all of your profit really fast and unable to come back from where you started and that's that's a big that's a that's a big issue that that's that's this is more math right this is not a skill set that you could develop it's not like you improved your signal but you know it's it's, you just can't recover after you take a big loss right right so so when it comes to just training in general whether it's uh traditional assets or or crypto Mm -hmm. what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned in trading biggest lesson um i would say hmm, that's a good one that's a good question sir good questions let me think about this let me think so about many this. lessons there are so many lessons um you know like in, in trading I'll, i'm one of my biggest fan in trading i'm you guys should all read the book if you haven't it's uh, it's called uh reminiscences of a stock operator by jesse livermore what my my biggest fan and my strategy revolves around how he does trading he's the, like one of the most famous traders of all times he's like the bible so of what? trading uh, Reminiscences of a Stock Operator. I'll link it to you later. Um, uh, by Jesse Livermore. It's published in the 1940s, I think. Put that but in the show notes. So it, it definitely stood the test of time. If anybody, by, by the way, any new trader, definitely recommend reading that book before you make the first trade. Um, so in that, in, the, in that book, and I agree with most of what he says, is that you pay a lot of money in mistakes, tuition costs. And... A lot of times, as a human being, I guess, like you don't learn until you make these mistakes. In this case, lose a lot of money. So, <laughs> so, so uh, I, I think the biggest thing you, you learn is that you, you don't know what it feels like until you lost a lot of money, like more than how much you make in a year, that kind of money. Like, yeah. you actually never, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you ever read, like, uh, a lot of interviews for hedge fund managers or other traders. They usually got wiped out maybe two, three times before they actually got successful. And and I, and I think one of the main reasons why they're successful later on is because they got wiped out in the early and not a lot of money. And they learn from that. Because a lot of times, emotional, emotional aspect of trading get in the way um, because it's clearly not it's not efficient in many ways the market so 
I, I would say that like losing a lot of money early, okay, maybe not like losing everything, but losing some money early is good. Is actually a good thing in terms of in terms of uh, developing your skill set. <laughs> I should have read cool. this book. Go ahead. You have to read this book. I, I swear to God, like I read this book like ten times, and each time you learn a little bit new. It's like if uh, what's called Corey will understand if will understand what I'm trying to talk about. Like when he reads a chemical engineering book. Like the first time you read this, you're like, what the hell is this? This is garbage, like some formula. And you read this and you like, you don't understand this. And maybe you do some homework, you, you go talk to your professor and he teaches you some stuff and you read the book second time and you read the same formula again and you have some inspiration of what the heck is going on. And then by the third time, you might understand some stuff and you do some homework. That book is like, that. it has multiple layer of deck. Now you, it's, and, and, and it's very easy to understand. That's the amazing part of the book. That's why it's been so long. It has stood the test of time for so long. Um, it's 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 very well written, even for someone who's not even a trader. If you're just interested in speculation, investing, take a look at the book. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, what's, what's interesting is that this uh, this idea of, I mean, we as we as I guess mathematical people try to mm -hmm. apply formulas to a market that is based on human emotion, right? Basically. I mean, the, right. you, you really can't predict what the price is going to do because the majority of the price movement is based on FOMO or fear of missing out. And like people <laughs> put a shitload of their, of their wealth into these markets because they want to try and make money and there's no backing behind it. Regardless of how many of, of like math people like us who are behind it trying to figure, like trying to crunch numbers. And you really, it's, it's really hard to account for that. And mm. You almost have to lose money to realize that you almost can't make a model good enough to 100% accurately predict what the what the market's going to do. You're just going to have to lose money sometimes. Yeah, it, losing is part of trading. I think that a lot of people blame themselves whenever they take a loss, um, even though it, you're just unlucky, man. That trade, if you roll a die and the die is like 60% win chance, you're still gonna lose sometime, you know. It's it's not. It's, sometimes it's just out of your control. Mm -hmm. Like if if I buy here and some big well that night decide to dump more coins, I, I'm I'm screwed. You know, <laughs> it it doesn't it doesn't always go the way everybody else wanted it, or how I wanted it at least. Absolutely, yeah. I got that book <laughs> while we were talking. I can't wait. Okay, so uh, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on, I gotta link you this one. This is this is the one you want. You want the footnote with it because it's an old book. So then. There's a lot of. Can I edit this? This. Yeah, I've it, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You should For check those out this. Who are listening, we have a Google Docs that we are uh, editing. That's Let's right. put this link into the show notes so y'all can all see it. Absolutely. Right. So this book, you gotta get it. So this one has a footnote. So because it's such an old book, and they talk about some of the people that 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 appeared in the 1920s and 1930s, and it's hard to understand some of the linguistics and the biography of some of the people. Like they talk about how this trader literally, like was shorting the market in the market crash of 1929. And JP Morgan himself, the guy who, who who's the Chase Bank, name of the Chase Bank, told him to stop shorting. You gotta, you, you're gonna crash the market. You're gonna destroy the New York Stock Exchange. That's how he bat, how badass he is. So, um, <laughs> so I mean, that's why I, I recommend the, 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 the annotated edition because it talks a little more history about the people revolving around him because we don't know any of those people anymore. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you, the the people who are listening, you could take a look at the the Absolutely. links later. 
Mark, remember my first futures trade? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What happened? Uh, it literally lasted like let, five let Mark, or ten let minutes. Mark tell the story. Let Mark tell <laughs> yeah, please, please, please. Like, these okay. are interesting stories because whether it's, you know. So, so me and D decided that we were going to uh, venture into trading, and and D was telling me about all this awesome futures trading and just how much money that you can make. And he stared at the charts. Well, no, 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 no. There was no losing. It was just pure making. We were just gonna make money. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. And so he, so he, st he stared at the screen all day, analyzing the charts, and then was like, "All right, this is this is where I this take is my This is this. I'm going in. Goes mm -hmm. all in." 20 minutes later, I'm like, hey, hey, man, how's it going? And he's like, I think I just lost all my money. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. That's exactly how it happened. 20 minutes was in a super volatile market or what? What's going on? Jeez, it, 20 minutes is fast. It wasn't volatile until I put 45 oh. damn Litecoin into it. <laughs> like, we had mined a bunch of Litecoin back in the day. I'd just been sitting on it. It was just sitting on my computer. I was like, well, I I'm going to start trading with it. And I put 45 Litecoin with like some leverage on OKCoin. Okay, and okay. 20 minutes after I put a put a long order and, you know, I put my position and it was a long, it was feeling good. I started out uh -huh. with a little bit of unrealized profit. I was like, oh, this feels good mm -hmm. already. And like 20 minutes later. You were the best trader for about 20 minutes and then it went against you. Yeah, it was, it was one of these. It was like, hey, Mark. So you see on the screen, like what happened to your order? What happens when the the position's <laughs> not there anymore? And he's like, like I think it's I'm gone, there, man. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh well, it's saying that my position's gone, and so is my money. So, so what does that mean? <laughs> we, were on, we were on the fly trying to do these large margin trades while trying to learn the lingo of trading. So it's right. not a good idea. Yeah, no, no, no. Have any of you ever seen the? Uh, you, give me more South Park. Uh, yes, I do, but not not too. A lot of money. So like there's, there's this one episode where he puts a lot of money in the bank and he's talking to the banker and as he plays, as he's putting money into the bank the banker is uh -huh. you know typing on the computer talking about all the good things and saying all these good things and he goes and it's gone <laughs> oh, yeah I do yeah this is during the financial crisis right yeah. and it's gone yeah. and it's gone, it's gone. Well, I what happened with the D it's like I started, hey man I started trading and it's gone <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> so, uh, I think she started not too big so. That, yeah. that, that's a good sign, you know. 45 Litecoin was a lot to me at the time. <laughs> I mean, could be worse. Could be worse. Yeah. Today, yeah. somebody got margin call for $60,000, right? Oof. $60,000? Yeah, $60,000. Wait, $25,000 contract. It's incredible. Oof. Yeah. Um, the, well, we yeah, only I have mean, one last question. Yes, okay. One, a question that we asked all of our guests, a mm -hmm. uh, very unique question that we only here at the Bitcoin Podcast ask, and it is, mm -hmm. in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? Mm, okay, interesting. Um, I would say if I were to describe, I have two answers, actually. First answer to all my relatives and all my friends and people who doesn't really understand it, I tell them it's magic internet money. That's, that's what I tell them. Um, <laughs> that's... That's the best way to describe it. Like, I described it to them as Southwest Miles in Magic Internet money. You know, it's it's uh it's like United Miles, you know, something like that. Uh, for more technical friends who are actually a little more knowledgeable uh, about like the encryption and stuff, then I, I tell them that it's it's a it's a decentralized money network. So that's, hmm. that's that's the question. I Short and concise. Looks like yeah, it's hard to answer. 
the uh, Ethereum in ten words or less than the Bitcoin in ten words or less question nowadays. So yeah, yeah. I think it seems like people are more aware of it now. Like some of my friends, like, oh yeah, weren't you in Bitcoin like two years ago? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard about this today about 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 some stuff going on, blockchain, something, something. <laughs> Like, That's what they usually. Yeah. It's getting a lot of monikers now. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Well, um, that about wraps it up. That's pretty cool. Thank you. So, Thank you for inviting me. Oh, I was going to say. Uh, uh, before, yeah. Oh sorry. yeah, you're, sorry didn't you uh, have something that you wanted to let everyone know about? Yeah, it's only going to take a minute. So I'm actually going to be launching a new product. Uh, uh, I'm working out with some of my computer friends. It's going to be a crowdfund. Uh, in the very near future, I haven't. The website will be done in less than a week, so I hope you guys check it out. Uh, hopefully, uh, Dimitri can put the link uh, down below. Uh, it'll be a crowdfund for uh, for trading. So, really, uh, take a look at that. Yes, I will, I'm very. I, I will definitely let you know as soon as possible once uh, once the website is up. You'll be the we'll first to see. Definitely put that in the show notes when it comes out. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. You, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, I appreciate okay. that. A crowdfund for trading, like yes, that, that is correct. Right. The details are not yet ironed out, so I can't give you too much information. But you are actually the first person I, I announced. Oh, you yeah. got the exclusive. So, awesome. Yes, so that is correct. That is correct. Yes. Uh, I'll be making more announcement on, on Twitter and stuff in the future, but but you guys are the first, so Mark is currently yelling us yelling at us in Slack as <laughs> about a week ago. Uh, not even a week ago. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. we, we're so we have a we have a Slack channel. It's me, D mm-hmm. and Mark. Um, where okay. we discuss trading ideas okay. and he's like, Hey man, I've got this great idea. I want to run it by you guys. Let's do, <laughs> let's do a DAO for trading where essentially, for essentially the, like the, the, you know, the pool of money goes to the amount, the amount that's being traded and then the dividends get pushed out to whoever owns tokens. That's right. And that makes sense. And I was like, man, I don't know. Corey immediately shut it down. Was I like, I don't want the hassle. I shut it down real hard. Basically, <laughs> yeah, but, because I. But you I need someone to, to manage the fund, right? Yeah, I have to deal with it. I don't have a lot of time in my life, based on doing this and doing my my full time job. Well, my, you got you, you got to pay. You got, you got it's got to pay. You know, it's gotta pay. <laughs> you got to pay your rent. Yeah, and that's pretty interesting. He's like, okay, and like I can just see him walking away. You shut down. You shut him down right away. It's like, no. Nah. <laughs> Shot me out of the sky quickly. Uh, pretty funny, man. Pretty and you're funny. like, hey, I got this great idea. I'm doing this. And Mark's like, what the fuck, man? We just talked about this. <laughs> so what did uh what did the Matrix say after he pitched him his idea? Or he didn't have it? I, I never brought it up again. But in, <laughs> oh. Corey's, in Corey's defense, like one out of every 25 of my ideas is good. You're talking about pretty good. He one out of 25 like, is pretty good. Shotgun of ideas. He's shooting them out. All That's a four percent success rate. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it takes a long time, right, to figure out something yeah. good. You guys got just, Bitcoin podcasts going for you guys, and I'm I, sure that that's not your first idea, right? This nope. is one of the ideas that we actually executed. This so is one of the four percent. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it takes a it takes a lot of ideas to even come up with something something great, really, because everybody's gonna have these for execution. It's important. Well, we got to wrap it up. Okay. Um, but it's been really fun. Uh, thank you, Win. Um, also known as at uh, iBankBitcoins on Twitter. Um, he also has his website, and we're gonna post all this in the show notes. So if you are interested in trading, which is it's kind of hard 
not to be if you spend enough time in crypto. I know there's a large percentage of you listening to this show that are. Uh, it would behoove you to check out his Twitter and his website uh, for somebody who's been doing it for a long time, even since before crypto. Um, and you can just look at his record. It's there. All of his positions are there. And so, yeah, caught our eye. So we had to get him on the show. So thanks Thank for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See you soon.